For virtually everyone, the pandemic brought a lot of change and chaos. From how often we were able to see our loved ones, to how we were able to interact and engage in our favorite activities and passions. In March of 2020, school students across the nation, like me, were blindsided. One day we were in school, and the next we were at home for months to come. Our belongings left in now-abandoned buildings. Our work, our friends, our passions, quarantined away. I'm Danielle, a 17-year-old dance major at Frank Sinatra School of the Arts High School in Queens, New York. When school shut down, the dance world shut down. My world shut down. The sudden change for me and many dancers like me to having to remotely learn dance turned our worlds upside down and sent us spiraling into uncertainty, loneliness, and sadness. So there is multiple times I can guarantee you that um, my alarm would go off and it would go off right at the time class started. So I never, so I never got a minute less of sleep. So like it would go off at the time class started. And so I would log in, log into the Google Meet and make sure I was present for attendance and then camera off, muted, iPad closed over next to me. Me, sleep. This is my friend Dallas, a senior dance major like myself at Frank Sinatra School of the Arts. Before the pandemic, dancing at Frank Sinatra meant going to the locker room, changing into our leotard and tights, tying our hair up into a bun, doing a brief warm-up before a class, being together in person, practicing for our winter and spring show, just interacting with one another. But last year for Dallas, it was sleeping through class, you button on, camera, and motivation off. You see, that's the thing with online learning. Students lack structure. The formality school has ingrained in us for years. We hate it, but those same structures gave us routines. But more than just our routines, for many students, the pandemic also stole away our passion for this thing we love. Dance students like myself were faced with the biggest challenge yet. Leaping into the unknown. No direction. No answers to our questions. No rules to follow. It made us pause in uncertainty, destroying our structures that have aligned us for years. School students were lost. For the first time, we had no system to fall back on. But what if the system we needed all along to persevere through this once-in-a-lifetime pandemic was already there. What if we just needed to find it? It's a question Dallas tackled head-on. I miss, I definitely, I miss connecting with people. I miss, um, you know, making people laugh. Like, I, you know, I consider myself to be a very funny person. So, you know, I miss making, <laughs> I miss making people laugh. Dallas was the first person I met on orientation day of freshman year. We clicked from the beginning. Now as a senior, she has become one of my closest friends in high school. 
I love to, you know, bring other people up with me. I never feel like leadership is just a one person role. I always feel like it's so collaborative and I, I love when, you know, we all work together as a group. So even if I am ne- like president or like the, ne- the designated like leader, like we're all leaders. Dallas' charismatic spirit is contagious. She's the girl who can bring a smile to anyone's face, from our silly classmates to even our most stern teachers. But remote dance made her question herself. It stole, she thought, her ability to lead. How could she crack the jokes that would lighten up a practice? With no in-person learning, how could she inspire her classmates? How could she inspire herself? Waking up around like 8 a.m. to log into a class and then furthermore have phone or iPad or computer in a position where your teacher is going to be able to see a good chunk of your body. That was also a big problem we had in our class because a lot of people like we don't live in like fabulous houses or like with or a backyard and this and that or even if we do like you know, Wi-Fi and connection, and there's so many, and, like, a lot of us have siblings and parents who are on meetings all day. Dance is very demanding of space constraints. It requires you to be fully seen and to have no distractions. Without our spacious studios, it's very difficult to follow along and execute steps correctly. For the first time, everyone's studio was different. A challenge in itself. So yeah, dance had already become tougher than us dance majors at Frank Sinatra could ever imagine. So let's go back to September 2020. The semester had just begun. Everything was remote. So imagine our surprise when several weeks later in October, we were told that we'll be putting on a winter show. Just a month and a half later. Actually, you don't have to imagine. Just listen to Dallas. We're hearing the news about the winter show. So what was your initial reaction hearing that, like, we're going to be performing, but virtually? I was like, a winter show? Girl, girl, like, what what are you talking about? Like, how are we going to, I was more like, in almost, I was like, how are we going to do this when people, like, including myself, can't even really, you know, pull ourselves up to go to class? Like, now we're going to try to pull a winter show somehow, pull it together somehow? You have a choreographer in front of you, right? But like I said, it's it's inverted. So the whole the whole thing it just gets it gets mixed up in your head because then the teacher has to go back and reteach it because then some someone comes off mute and says, "Oh, but is this the actual way we're gonna?" Because they're facing us, like they're not doing it the way we're actually, you know. So I, I'll like it'll be a turn to the right, but it's really a turn to the left. Learning to dance remotely is just not the same. Everything you see on your screen has to be reversed. In your head, then in your body. In regular times, a choreographer holds one of the most important roles in putting on a dance production. Now, it might be the most important role ever. But almost immediately, problems began to arise. After the announcement that we'll be putting on a winter show, our dance class was given that choreographer a few weeks later in mid-November. A choreographer, mind you, that we normally would have been assigned after Halloween. Now, 
two weeks behind schedule, we began our winter show preparations in a rush. Students, like Dallas, becoming frustrated in the process. And then, after thinking things couldn't get worse, the unbelievable happened. Two weeks before the show, the choreographer bailed on us. He never showed up. His absence forced the whole class into our worst nightmare, learning to dance through videos. So I, I didn't, I personally, I didn't even have like space in my own apartment. So I had to go over to my aunt's house and film it. And then um, I set up, but I didn't even know all of the choreography. So what I did is that I had it on my iPad and I was just learning it how I would learn a normal dance if a choreographer was in front of me and just rewinding it, rewinding it, like skipping some certain sections, making sure like I had, you know, a good, the majority of it down. Like Dallas said, learning this routine was no easy feat. Our class group chat was blowing up with questions, concerns, doubts, feelings of hopelessness. December 18th came around. Showtime. Despite all the challenges, there was a sense of eagerness to see the final product, to see how the videos were edited, to see who was featured. The class impatiently watched the timer on the bottom of the live stream. Three, two, one. The show began. It wasn't great. Three words. What is this? I don't under like what what was I watching? What were we all watching? What did we film those videos for? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I don't know what went on in that editing process. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Less than half of the class submitted dance videos to be featured. Everyone's timing was off and the dance was out of sync. Some edits were one beat ahead of the music, people bumping into their furniture, kicking their walls, some forgetting the dance. The video quality was very shaky. But Dallas was part of the minority to submit a dance video. A video she'd never want to submit in the first place. It kind of hurts a little bit that like we're now everyone's seeing this. Everyone's being shown this. All of our parents are being shown this. And it's terrible. Like our, the, it was the worst show I think I'd ever seen. <laughs> like for real. And I mean, you know, obviously everyone tried their hardest, you know, whatever. But it was just, it, it's almost like we could have skipped it. To try your best, to persevere and still have a dance look like that hurt Dallas. She started to question her love of dance, started to question if a passion she loved was clouded by confusion and frustration. The whole mental component of it all was very, um, it was disheartening for me and it really made me think like, why do, why do I do this? Like, what is the point of this? Especially when our shows, would, our show came out like that at that point, like, what, what, what was the point? Like, it was a lot, I know a lot of us were feeling like, what is the point of this? Why am I? Why do I have to show up at 8 a.m. every single day to do this? We lost our purpose. Yeah, exactly. 100%. We lost our purpose. What is this all for? Our teachers felt the same way. Disappointed. One could say their disappointment was due to high expectations. Expectations that were very unrealistic. Expectations that never conformed to the lifestyle of remote schooling. After their performance... We gathered on a Zoom call to reflect on our dance. I remember feeling very anxious going into that meeting because I didn't know what to expect. Even before my eager classmates could justify our dance video, 
our teachers criticized us before they could empathize. They said that we were lazy and unprofessional, that we should be embarrassed that we produced a dance show that lacked energy and showmanship. I remember those words sucking the life out of our Zoom call. Everyone was quiet and no immediate response was uttered like usual. I can recall the awkward silence that made the online atmosphere very tense and uncomfortable. One could hear a pin drop on the call. Initially, I was very confused because I thought our teachers understood the obstacles we had to overcome, the setbacks we endured preparing for this winter show. Dallas was having a hard time processing this criticism. So, she resorted to the most effective way to communicate, dialogue. I felt like I did need to say something because I wasn't going to let everyone who did put in the time and effort, myself included, to feel backlash like this. It was it wasn't really like it wasn't really our fault. I don't I'm not really sure you can have faults in this situation, really, but I felt like no one no one else was speak everyone else was just laying in the cut and w- which was fine. Remember when I told you how Dallas is a natural leader? This moment right here exemplified that leadership. Right there on the Zoom, Dallas bravely called out our teachers, breaking the awkward silence. A Zoom conference call where all of the dance majors were inattentive, just 32 muted black screens. The light from her camera radiated just as bright as our teacher's lights. Her presence and feelings mattered just as much. No, the teacher that we have this year, like he's very open to hearing other people's opinions. It's not like he's like closed off in that sense, but I know at the end of the day, he's going to have his opinion and you can even hear the way he responds back to, you know, people's opinions. Like he's going to have his opinion at the end of the day. So, you know, we're, but he's always happy to listen, which I can appreciate. I remember feeling scared for her, but then proud of her at the same time because she did something that I could not do, that none of my fellow dance majors could do. Speak up. She told them, you guys tend to forget that we're more than just dancers, that we're people as well. She ignited a conversation about mental health, a topic our teachers never considered in our dance journey. She reminded them that we have attributes that simply cannot be separated from our dance life, traits that should be valued and appreciated just as much. I couldn't have agreed more. From personal experience, my dance life feels very separate from my personal life. My personal baggage of feelings is often left at the door when I enter the studio. Unfortunately, all dancers do this. Her words really spoke to me because This time more than ever, we should not neglect those feelings, but rather embrace them to inspire us artistically to tell our stories through movement. I guess what all of this has taught me is just to really lean into the uncomfortable and always prioritize yourself, like you said. Choose yourself. Do not let anyone else's, like, this, that, like, face, like, choose yourself. It is okay to be unmotivated for however long and let that period last for however long it lasts. It is okay because you will find your passion again. When we try to compromise our identities to achieve something, 
we become lost in the process, confused of our purpose. After that conversation with Dallas, our teachers understood that group mental health should never be compromised for anything. A lesson I learned as well. A reminder that prioritizing your well-being is not selfish. Rather, it's courageous. Our mental health is a system many tend to forget. One that allows us to balance pressure, emotions, and most importantly, the internal relationship with ourselves. Like Dallas said, the most important thing to do in a time of uncertainty is to choose yourself. It's okay to sometimes be lost externally. Let your internal compass guide you. I'm Danielle, and I wrote and produced this story for the Summer Youth Podcast Academy, a program of the Bell in partnership with Gimlet Media. Music from Blue Dot Sessions. I'd like to thank my editor, Aaron Randall, for his support. Thank you for listening.